It is Monday, the 24th of July, and this is a Mostly Me Monday episode of the podcast. This is episode 17 of the podcast. As I mentioned to you before, I am looking at probably shaking some things up over the next week or two and adjusting what kind of episodes I run and based on what you guys seem to enjoy the most. Um, if you have contributions or things you want to share, which episodes you prefer, please feel free to do so. You can, if you're listening on the Anchor app, you can call in or you can leave a comment on the podcast's show notes at tristandhall.co.za. But for today, what I thought we'd do is I had two call-ins last week that I wanted to play back and um, just share with you guys and then share some memories that they may have triggered with as well. So kind of just a, a touch base with the listener call-ins um, for today and maybe share one or two other thoughts as well or experiences from the week. Um, I'll uh, see how things go. So without further ado, here is a call-in from last week from Daryl who shares with us his memory about what was his first car. If you remember on Thursday, I spoke about uh, Throwback Thursday and the Mini um, the Mini 1275 being my first car. So here is Daryl telling us about his first car and an experience that he had with it. Hi Tristan, thanks for the podcast. It's Daryl here. Um, so you're speaking about uh, your first car. My first car was a 1994 Opel Cadet White. Um, and I used to call it uh, Pegasus, you know, uh, Hercules' flying white horse. Because to me, it felt like the fastest thing on the earth. And it was particularly special because um, it was built when uh, fuel-injected cars were now becoming the norm. But mine was still a, uh, an old uh, carburetor-driven uh, engine. So it was still quite nippy and fast. Um, and uh, I suppose one of the more memorable but uh, stupid things I ever did in it was try to show off to my friend about my abilities to do a handbrake turn which completely flopped and ended up being in front of about uh, 10 police officers. So thankfully I didn't go to jail, but it's still good times. Daryl, thank you for calling in and sharing with us your experience. Um, I, I am kind of intrigued as to how you didn't see the police officers there before you did your failed handbrake turn. But uh, be that as it may, I kind of remembered about an experience I had after we uh, had to unfortunately sell the Mini 1275, I was allowed to make use of one of my parents' cars to be able to get to work and back. This was after, obviously, I got my driver's license. And so one of the things that I often noticed was how my colleagues used to come down in the early morning, down the ramp into the underground parking and ride around like they were just throwing little go-karts across the track and pull into their parking spot because there were no other real cars parked there. Um, not that there were fake cars, but you know what I mean. They, there were no other uh, cars really. It was pretty quiet those early times of the morning. And so I decided that I would, you know, try this out for myself. And unfortunately, the passenger side of the car made contact with a pillar, um, a very strong concrete pillar. And then I made the mistake of asking the shop's handyman to try and repair or take a look at the car. And the next thing I know, he would 
tried to panel beat it and touch up some of the stuff with uh, matte paint and I kind of had to go home and tell my parents about the remodeling that I'd done to their vehicle and then the further mistake of getting it bent even more out of shape <laughs> by asking for somebody else to try and maybe I don't, I don't think I expected him to cover it up completely but just to see if he had some opinions on it and yeah any case I can't believe I admitted to this on a public podcast, but in any case, I have done that. We all make silly mistakes sometimes. I strongly encourage don't do crazy stuff with a car, particularly young drivers. It's just not worth it. Um, yeah. Thank you for your call in, Daryl. I spoke on Friday about um, the Photo, Photo Friday podcast feature. We talked a little bit about the word professional and amateurs, and I kind of hinted a bit about weekend warriors. And... Scott called in to share his thoughts about Weekend Warriors with us. Take a listen to what he had to say. Hey, Tristan. Just listening to your uh, uh, little bit on Weekend Warriors and people emerging into the market of photography. The way I've looked at it over the last eight years, I guess, uh, seven years that I've actually shot for money is it's not necessarily how good a photographer is, not how good their gear is, not how good any of that. It's how well they market themselves. The true rock stars in photography are the ones that have a marketing niche or they're able to capture the Google mojo. Case in point, when I first started shooting, I built a little uh, blog space uh, as a blogger website and uh, sprinkled a little bit of Google magic on it and poof, I was the number one photographer in Calgary for six months. I'm not that good, but I was getting calls that I was that good. Scott, I think you hit the nail on the head. It doesn't matter how great a photographer you are. If you don't know how to sell your work or sell yourself, you're not going to be able to make a revenue from whatever your passion is. And that goes across many different industries. I think the idea of some professionals wanting to push for regulatory bodies and things like that, that ship sailed a long time ago. And let's be honest, as camera manufacturers commoditized uh, the specialist equipments and stuff, it's made it far more accessible and it was never, it was never really a viable option. I think what we need to look at doing is, as photographers... You know, how, again, as you mentioned, what's your niche? How, where, where are you going to focus next? Um, you know, or not next, but what, what is specifically are you going to specialize in and get your attention in and market yourself in? You need to carve a niche out for yourself and, and focus on that. It's, uh, I think a lot of creatives have this issue though as well, where coming back to the weekend warriors, you, weekend warriors also need to be able to know how to price themselves properly as well. You know, you can't just think, oh, well, I'm making some money on the weekend and I, I've got a full-time job that doesn't require me to do this. Sustainably long-term, there's always an opportunity cost. Time away from your family, wear and tear on your vehicle, on your equipment. Um, you know, shooting a wedding, for example, you something goes wrong and you don't have the correct insurance to cover it, you, you become liable for a whole lot of things there as well. So, you know, the point is to try and educate everybody as to what it takes. And professional photographers should be looking for a way to kind of put their arm around people in the industry that are coming in for the first time, all the weekend warriors, and help them 
understand what the cost is, not to try and chase them away, but to to be sincere about it. I'm busy reading a book at the moment, which kind of is a is a sharp stab into the side of me because it speaks about how criticism is not the correct way to um, you know get people to change their mind. You just make them defensive, and how if you're not sincere in listening to what people's problems are or in trying to help them then they're really not going to actually take what you're saying with any weight or consideration. And I think this is what, as an industry, people need to consider as well. And it applies in different sectors and spaces. It's not just photography. But those are the things we've got to be aware of. The the days of of having to try and regulate things, I think it's not feasible and, and that ship has sailed. So how do we make things better now from where we are? Thanks so for your call in. I really appreciated it. Please, guys, feel free to call in more. That's it for the call-ins. Um, there's one other thing I want to chat to you guys a little bit about uh, after the break. So, guys, the last thing I wanted to kind of get some feedback from you guys on is, you know, what kind of things out there have made you stressed in the past and how have you managed with that stress? To overcome it have you overcome it what are the things that that have bugged you has that been mostly work related or is it a family issue obviously you know if you're not comfortable with sharing personal details that's fine we understand but i'm kind of trying to to start creating a conversation about something which is a part of a bigger subject that i want to start uh, talking a bit about perhaps looking for the right kind of people to talk about it but i think it's interesting at the moment to just hear some of the things that you do to de-stress um to manage uh, yeah stress in general in your life if maybe specific areas that would stress you more than others um, and not everybody's the same so we're not saying everything will work for this you know everybody in the same way but I'm just kind of interested to know what things you do to cope with different stresses that you experience and manage them you know there's a, a bigger discussion that I want to have that extends just beyond stress as well but at the moment I thought that this could be a good starting point for us to engage in so let me know what things there are that have stressed you uh, if you're okay with sharing them and how you've managed to cope with that stress, you can just share with us your stress coping methods without um, sharing with us what things stress you out. But it would be great to hear from people about some of those things that that they have found helpful in their work and personal life. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening in. You can subscribe to the podcast um through anchor through the anchor app you can call into the show through the anchor app you are also able to uh download the podcasts on apple podcasts on google play podcasts on pocket Casts, tune in radio stitcher you can find the show notes at tristandhall.co.today i will be making some changes i think to the podcast moving forward as i've mentioned before so stay tuned to hear what some of those changes are as we go along let me know give me feedback of things that you like or don't like always appreciate the input and have a great day i'll catch you all tomorrow cheers